0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. And a very warm welcome to you today uh, to Calvary Church this Sunday, part of Annual Meeting Sunday. And uh, it is great to have both folks from St. George's and Calvary under one roof. Because we are indeed, although uh, two churches, we are one parish, and uh, and uh, the readings today really are rooted in kind of the mission and the vision of this place, which is to preach the historic face faith of Christ in Him crucified. I love what uh, St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians. It was like, I didn't proclaim to you chief importance of how to live your best life now. I proclaimed to you of chief importance that Jesus was crucified, dead, and on the third day rose again, and then actually historically in real time, real place, appeared to a bunch of people, including me. And this is the message which we herald every Sunday, and we're glad that you're here to be a part of it. I was thinking about which text I was going to preach, and I really think that our gospel reading uh, contains the essence of, on one level, the profound movement that came out of Calvary Church, the Oxford groups, which then birthed AA. And so our gospel reading will be my text for today. Um, But our reading... It's really amazing. It opens up with Jesus preaching to the crowds. This is a theme in the early part of Luke's gospel: Jesus preaching to the crowds and then their reaction. If you remember, he went home to his hometown; they hated it, and then uh, he went to Capernaum, and they loved it. And so here he is, and he's teaching again. And uh, and what Luke wants us now to focus on is the word, what Jesus, how he speaks. And what his teaching, what his word has created in us already and is about to create in St. Peter. Jesus is teaching near the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee. And there's this large crowd pushing in on him. You know, they want to hear what he's saying. They want to be healed. They want to have all sorts of things happened to them. And Luke tells us that at the same time, so he's giving us the setting here, he says at the same time these fishermen are coming in from a bad night of fishing. And one of these fishermen Jesus happens to know. It's Simon Peter. They probably met a few days earlier at one of Jesus's teaching events there in Galilee. And I can imagine Simon Peter is completely and totally wiped out. He just wants to go home. Yet... Jesus says, Simon, I need your boat. Just imagine yourself when you've had a bad day at work, and then all of a sudden someone asks you for something. If you're honest, you usually say no. But if you're more like St. Peter or myself, you're thinking no. You're wishing you said no, but you're like, sure, no problem, man. It's okay. It's totally fine. I just want to go home. So anyway... And then so he pushes out and Jesus begins to teach. And I guarantee you, it was probably a couple of hours at least. And then finally, when Jesus finishes teaching, I'm judging by Peter's response. He still just wants to go home. Jesus says, hey, Peter, put out into the deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Now, all of the fishermen knew that it was easier to fish along the Sea of Galilee in the shallow waters at night instead of the deep waters in the middle of the day. And have you ever told a fisherman how to fish? You know, it's like It never goes well, but it's not a good idea. I imagine these fishermen are just kind of sitting there on the bank and they're looking at each other and they're muttering to themselves, this guy is a carpenter. What the heck does he know about fishing? Now he's a turned rabbi. He thinks he knows everything. And this is implied in Simon Peter's answer. If I transliterate the Bible, it would say this. Dude, are you kidding? But uh, the, the, our reading says, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. But here's the catch. Yet if you say so, a better translation is this. Yet at your word, I will let down the nets. At your word, I will let down the nets. And this is my first point. Jesus' word, his promise. You see, Jesus knew what he was doing. He's not taking some random shot. He's like the Lord of the universe. And he's like, fish, you're going to get in that net. You know what I mean? But, But his word, his promise, creates faith. And this is what faith is. To trust in him at his word. Peter says, at your word, at your command. Another other ways, be at your promise. I will let down the nets. You see, the promise comes first. The promise comes before obedience. The word comes before any of it. And despite everything around Peter... All of his fishing instincts, all of his training that says, go home, get some rest, put your feet up because you fish in shallow waters at nightfall, not in deep waters in the middle of the day. Jesus is teaching Peter in this moment. Jesus is teaching Peter in this moment and all of us to trust him at his word, his command, his promise. And it's no different than today. We all experience it. All of your instincts, all of your upbringing, all of society, all of the folks at work, all of the church in a lot of places may say this gospel, that you are justified by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and not your works, is a fool's promise. But hear me today, sisters and brothers. When God says you are forgiven... When God says you are clean, when God says you are righteous, when God says you are justified, you take him at at his word. You are because he said so. And this word creates faith in our hearts to believe God. Sometimes, despite all evidence to the contrary. Now, As I said earlier, nothing in this moment catches Jesus off guard. He's not like, oh my God, there's a lot of fish, it worked. No, it's like, that is not what Jesus is thinking at all. But the fishermen are. And they're hauling these fish up into the boat, and the nets are bursting full with fish, and they're in the deep, and the boat is in danger of sinking. And guess what everyone is thinking in that boat? Dang, there are a lot of fish. We've got to take this carpenter everywhere, and we're going to be rich. But Simon Peter. Luke tells us what Simon Peter is thinking. Simon Peter sees all the fish flopping in the boat. And one of them and in one of the most profound scenes recorded in the gospel, he falls to his knees in that boat. And he says, Go away from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man. Peter, in this moment, recognizes that he is not in the presence of any old rabbi. Peter, in this moment, recognizes that he is not just in the presence of some sort of great moral teacher. Peter recognizes in this moment, and this is why he drops to his knees, that he is in the very presence of the Lord of creation, whom the wind and the waves and now even the fish obey. And you see, this is the other thing that the gift of faith does. It not only enables us to trust Jesus at his word, but you see, it begins to peel back the veneers of our lives, and it gives us an insight into who we actually are. Sinful. Isaiah Recognize this as well in the presence of God from our Old Testament reading. What does he say? Woe unto me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. You see, without faith in Jesus, you are hopelessly deceived into believing that you're basically okay. Without faith in Jesus... You live with what I call anthropological denial. You live with the delusion that you are a god. It's interesting, and it's actually currently being debated in AA circles because of the perceived negativity. But in most AA meetings, before one speaks, they introduce themselves as an alcoholic, I once asked a sponsor, curious about that, I once asked a sponsor why that, was, why that was, why you introduced yourself as an alcoholic, and they responded by saying that the road to recovery always begins with an acknowledgement of who I actually am, not who I want or think I should be. We want to be, or we think we should be, certain types of people. However, we are indeed people of unclean lips, including your rector. And a string of broken commandments is the evidence against us by what we have done and left undone, things known and unknown. And all we can do really is confess it. Although maybe not touching a drink for 25 years Those in AA begin with, I am an alcoholic. And Christians, although you may have been covered with the blood of Jesus the moment you were baptized as a baby, you begin with, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful person. You see, faith in Jesus pulls back our veneers of self-sufficiency. And like St. Peter, and like Isaiah, it leads us to fall on our knees and confess who we actually are. Sinners, men and women of unclean lips. Gosh, Jacob, that just got so negative. But actually, let me tell you something. Nothing, nothing could be further from the truth and this is my second point. It is when we are weak that we're made strong, the Bible teaches us. And in the flip-flop sense, strength is always found in the admission of weakness. As the alcoholic ultimately finds strength in the admission of his weakness over alcohol. Because he knows what's wrong with him. As Christians, we find our strength in the confession, like St. Peter, that we are sinful because we know what is wrong with us. And most importantly, as the Christian, this confession, when it's filled with the Holy Spirit, lifts our eyes up. Not inside. The world's always telling you to look inside and find strength within the gospel says, no, look up outside of yourself. Look upside of yourself. The psalmist says, I lift mine eyes up unto the mountain. There my help comes from. That is where righteousness is ultimately found. It is a cruel thing to send someone inside themselves. But we lift our eyes up in that confession. And we find where our hope comes from and where our hope has already been given and that is the gospel. And what the gospel says is though you be a sinner now because of Jesus you are also a saint right now. The gospel in that word and that word alone can sinners not only stand in the presence of God but share a boat with him catch fish with him And serve him in his kingdom. Peter, in himself, Peter, in himself, was completely unworthy to be in the same boat with Jesus. However, that same word, that command, at your word I will let down my nets, that command, that caused Peter to throw the nets over the side of the boat, declared him worthy to ultimately fish for people you see this god only calls sinners and god only uses sinners and in that confession we hear the voice of jesus what he said to saint peter and all of us he says to us he says to him his vocation and it comes in two parts the first is do not be afraid This is the word of God that's that's spoken to you. First is, do not be afraid. And then second, from now on, you'll be catching people. What this actually means is that God knows exactly who you are, even more than yourself, and he completely loves you and he forgives you. And what this does to be a fisher of people means that you actually have a genuine concern and care for others as well. You see, no longer... And that care and concern manifests itself in their eternal life as well. It's not just about being nicer to people. It's about sharing this good news with the world. And so no longer, you see, when Jesus speaks to Peter that word, do not be afraid, for now you will be fishing for people. No longer would Peter just be simply a fisherman and fish with nets. Now he would be netting people for the kingdom in genuine compassion and concern for his neighbor. Peter and the disciples eventually would cast the net of Jesus' death and resurrection far and wide, in likely places and unlikely places, in shallow places and in deep places. They would cast that net in Judea, Samaria, and unto the very ends of the earth, winding up right here in New York City today. And this is my third point. In our day and age, we live in a cruel age, you've heard me say it, where everything is absolutely permitted, but nothing is forgiven. And it's because everybody's looking within, and you know, and, and determining, you know, what's the best from within, as opposed to looking without. But we live in an age where everything is permitted, nothing is forgiven. When people are running themselves ragged, trying to find meaning and fulfillment, Let me tell you what God's word is to you today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And why? Because you are in the same boat with Jesus. This is what precisely Jesus did by becoming man and dying and rising. He got into the same boat with us. He got into our boat to save us and bring us into his boat so that we might be kept safe in the ark of his salvation. And from that ark, Calvary St. George's, from that ark, we follow him, and we cast forth that same net of the gospel, good news shared and preached, water in baptism, and in a moment, bread and wine, so that others may also come to know, sinners though they may be, by his atoning blood and that alone, they too, like us, have been made the righteousness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.